This year, the Wellness Summit returns. 95% of the people you know out there want you to play it safe. They don't want you to jump over fire. You can get burned. They don't want you to live the life that you were born to live. You've got to remember that if you're cooking food, you want to love it. You don't want to be thinking, oh, I don't want to have to prepare another meal for my husband who doesn't appreciate it. I don't have to prepare another meal for my wife who just doesn't care. She just wants peanut butter on toast. Wake the heck up. You are where you're at right here, right now, because of all the choices you have made up to this point. Now, I didn't know what to do with being blown up. I didn't know what to do with that until the psychologist told me, you're going to have post-traumatic stress disorder, Karen. I went, okay, great. Now, at least I know what to do with that. Get ready, Melbourne. The summit is back. Well, other people are just walking through fire. They were... I mean, look, look, look at it. And I'm on the phone going, yeah, and he's I mean, look, like this. And then he's lifted up his top and he's squeezing that, and I'm going, yeah, I can't even. When are we masking? There's something there that you want that you haven't been doing for yourself. Zazen Alkaline Water presents the 2018 Wellness Summit. Bigger and better than ever. All info and tickets at thewellnesssummit.com. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to the Primal Alternative Podcast, featuring actionable tips from real people with real stories about real food. This show is presented by Primal Health Coach Helen Marshall, who empowers other paleo-loving, thermomix-owning mums to start a sustainable, faff-free business of their own with the Primalista License. The Primalista License brings primal alternatives to the foods we love to our communities, making primal living more doable with less falling off the wagon. The Primalista License is available at www.primalalternative.com. And now, introducing your host, Helen Marshall. You are going to love today's interview with Emma Turton. Emma is a medical intuitive. She's also a physiotherapist and nutritionist. She's been working in this field for two decades. And she is going to show us in the show today how we can become our own medical intuitive. What does that mean? Well, basically what that means is learning to use all of those symptoms and um pain messages that you're getting from your body as actual messages from your body as opposed to there being something wrong with you. Emma talks a lot about how your body is always supporting you and your body is so amazing Um, and it's always trying its very best at every moment to keep you alive. Um, So looking at the chronic conditions that most of us have and saying, well, what is the message or what is the blessing? What do I need to learn from this message from my body? Instead of just thinking of our chronic conditions as debilitating or food related, Emma's going to show us how we can take it to the next level. Now, you can also work with Emma one-on-one. She does Skype calls or Zoom calls anywhere in the world, thanks to incredible technology. We love technology because that's what's um, connecting us today. So grateful to be a woman on a mission with a message at this time in the world. It's a great time to be doing it. And um, yeah, so you're going to just be absolutely blown away when you, especially if you're watching the video version of this woman, Emma Turton, you will not believe that she used to be obese. She used to have chronic joint pain, headaches, uh, chronic lung condition, chronic skin condition, IBS that meant she, you know, on social occasions, she just used to hang out in the ladies room and she was on a fistful of medication. She said that that the age of 29, She felt a hundred and didn't want to get out of bed and she's managed to alleviate all of her chronic conditions for good. She's now in her early forties and looks better and feels better than she did at 29. She's going to share her tips. She's going to share with us what she eats and how her lifestyle looks and give you a big stack of actionable tips that you can take away so that you can continue to become an expert in yourself. Now, before we dash off into the episode, I just want to let you know that today, Friday the 4th of May, I'm hosting a live demo in my Facebook group, Potential Primalistas. And that's going to be at 10 o'clock 
um, Australian Western Standard Time, and that's 12 o'clock Australian Eastern Standard Time. And if you've got, you know, like a real job and you can't be there or you can't sneak Facebook Live um, under your desk at work, then fear not because you will be able to watch the replay. It will be available in the group. The only um, thing I will say is that I'm giving away some wicked bonuses as well as some door prizes and they get snapped up so quickly. So if you are thinking of becoming a primal alternative producer, and you're looking for a good excuse to start, then check out the demo um, and be one of the first people to claim the bonuses. And I'll be revealing the bonuses in the group on Friday. I'm going to be doing a demo a fortnight this um, this school term because we are about to launch our online shop, which is going to be happening in June. And we're expecting an avalanche of um, orders. And we really need to scale up our um, network of local producers. There's currently 33 producers across Australia with the majority of them being in WA, my home state, um, and really wanting to um, increase our numbers of producers to 200 so that everyone can get their hands on our products because my mission is to make grain-free easy for everyone. So I, you know, I want you to be able to pick up some grain-free, nutrient-dense, delicious fruit toast, pizza bases, pumpkin bread, zucchini bread, fat and seedy bread that's only got one gram of carbohydrates per slice word, fat and seedy pizza bases that have only got four grams of carbohydrates per base. And they're made of nutrient dense ingredients like nuts and seeds and eggs and coconut oil. Um, so just bursting with wonderful nutrition for you. So I want to be, everyone to be able to get them. Um, so yes, we're having a big demo drive so I'm going to be doing fortnightly demos online and in potential Prime Listers Facebook group. So come and hang out there because there's stacks of things you can scroll through and find answers to most of your questions about the Prime Lister baking franchise. I'm also coming to Sydney and Kayama and Canberra. So we're, I'm coming across uh, in Sydney on Thursday the 30th. Or is it the 31st? Let me just check my diary. Um, literally, I'm flicking the pages. That's how old school I am. Uh, 31st, yeah, the 31st of May, I'm going to be at Primalist Gita's house in Kellyville in Sydney. There's limited spaces to about 15 people that we can squeeze into Geeta's kitchen. So if you want to come and have um, a Primalista baking franchise live demo, get to meet myself and Primalista Geeta and Primalista Nadia and maybe some other Primalistas as well uh, if they can make it and find out what it's really like to be a Primalista in the kitchen producing grain-free food for your community. Come and check it out. We will be providing you with tasters of everything in the range. There'll be an opportunity to purchase products to take home, to show to your family or to show to potential stockists. I'll be there. I'll be giving you all the lowdown on how it works and how it could work in your life. We'll be brainstorming the time you've got available, the money you want to make and the stockists that you're hoping to supply. So it'll be a really good, um, fun evening of gathering uh, like-minded women together, sharing stories and sharing amazing food. How cool is that? I'm then heading to the Kayama Wellness Base Camp on Saturday, the 2nd of June. So come and check that out. Um, I'm offering two for one passes so you can get a free ticket um, to the Kayama, Kayama Wellness Base Camp. That's hosted by the Wellness, um, the Wellness Couch, the Wellness the wellness guys of which this podcast is on their station. And there's going to be incredible industry leaders there, super, super inspirational people like Fuad Kassab from Quirky Cooking. I believe Kale Brock has just been um, put on, on the headline act as well. Uh, Helen Padrin, Marcus Pierce, Brett Hill. It's going to be epic. And I'm going to be there. Primal Alternative are exhibiting there. So if you can't make out of the demos, you can come and check us out there for a great day of yeah, high vibing, inspirational stuff. And then I am flying up or down, I'm not sure which way it is, to Canberra <laughs> to go and hang out with Prime Minister Kyra, who's been Prime Ministering there for over a year. 
and is absolutely uh, run off her feet in Canberra with orders and requests from stockists. So ACT potential prime ministers, listen up. We need you. ACT is the most under um, underactive state in terms of potential prime ministers. We've got loads of potential prime ministers in Queensland, Victoria, New South Wales, Western Australia, a few in South Australia, and hardly any in ACT. So come on, if you're thinking about it, come down on Sunday afternoon, two o'clock um, to cook where um, Kyra lives and come and hang out for the afternoon to find out more and how this could work for you. All of the information is on our website, primalalternative.com. And now let's get on with, with the show with the incredible Emma Turton. Emma, as you might be able to tell, in this interview is a close friend of mine. Um, absolutely love this woman to bits. And I've been lucky enough to have a session with her as part of a, um, as part of a, uh, like a, a freebie thing that she was doing at the time. And I didn't know her very well back then. And I was like, I want a session with her because she is just so the real deal. And she went into, we did like a little meditation and then she tuned into my body. I don't know how she does it, but she did. And she just started to say that there was something happening in my throat and she could feel a certain amount of fear, et cetera, et cetera. I wrote it all down, actually, what she said. Um, I might have to read it out for you one day, but no word of a lie. About two weeks later, I got uh, diagnosed with reverse T3 hypothyroidism. So she was onto it even before the blood tests were in or anything like that. So she she's the real deal. And I always say, to, um, you know, she's the real deal. And she was the first to know about my thyroid issue, which I've now very happily reversed. I've reversed my reverse T3 hypothyroidism. And yeah, managed to do that within three months of tuning into my body, slowing life down, cutting the stress out a lot as well as some other um, supplements in, in the form of herbs and stuff from a naturopath and also getting rid of uh, a lot of the household chemicals that were still lurking around, especially the chlorine in my spa. I found that to be just incredible. So here she is, the real deal, Mrs. Emma Turton, the medical intuitive. You're going to love this episode. Welcome to the podcast, Emma. It's so cool to hang out with you today. Thanks so much for having me, Helen. <laughs> well, as usual, we are going to start off with the famous question of what did you have for breakfast? <laughs> That's a funny one today. I um, had a slightly unorthodox morning where uh, I normally fast in the morning. So it's quite normal for me to do all the school run, do all that stuff first and then come back and have breakfast. And the morning kind of got away from me. We went for a walk. I went for a walk with my partner and I realized at about 11 that I had hunger pains and completely forgotten to feed myself. So I came home and ate breakfast at 12 and I had breakfast and lunch all at once, which is perfect for intermittent fasting. So I had my chunky nut and seed bread toasted with a bit of peanut butter um, and that's that's my you know high protein high fat really good um, satisfying loaf and I also had a little bowl of gluten free muesli which was quite yummy not something I'd normally eat but I was really hungry at that point ready to eat my own arm off and uh, then my partner made some gluten free sausage rolls <laughs> which I don't normally eat either and I ended up peeling the pastry off and eating the insides because the pastry was horrible so <laughs> not his fault it's just the pastry so <laughs> struggling with that looking forward to finding the solution to gluten-free pastry issues mm, we could all do with some nice grain-free pastry couldn't we some from somewhere so <laughs> but you sure could your um <clears throat> sorry i've got a frog in my throat today your your amazing bread that that's available on your website for everyone to to have a look at that recipe isn't it it is, it is. And I had thought about uh, keeping it and putting it in a cookbook that people could buy. But I think the whole world just needs that bread because it's so hard to to be able to uh, keep really good eating habits going, particularly for breakfast. Toast is, is, is a challenge. So it, it was, yeah, I decided to gift that to the world. So you can access that on my website for free, along with a lot of other recipes and another, there's a German rye bread on there as well that has no rye, no grains at all. So it's, uh, yeah, it's good to have those resources up your sleeve. <laughs> it is, it is, it is. And I, I'm still so grateful that you um, shared your German no rye 
rye, no rye, bread with us um, on, on a guest blog. I think it was at the end of last year, and that's had so many hits. Um, and I think there's something about, you know, you and I both, you know, we've got a, a mission to share bread with the world. Um, <laughs> and it's funny, isn't it? Because, you know, it's one thing, like people are quite happy to make lots of changes in their lives, but you can't take away someone's daily bread. There's something... So I don't know what it is about bread. Like people are quite happy to leave, you know, broccoli or like, you know, mussels. But yeah, I could live without those. But bread, like we need an alternative, don't we, that's going to nourish us and take that replacement of, as you say, like the the quick and easy fixes, especially like for, you know, soups or breakfasts or just a Mm -hmm. snack on the go. Yeah delicious You're exactly well bread, bread's been in our in our eating repertoire for you know thousands of years really in one form or another um so it's it's it, it nourishes us on a deeper level i think in some ways i think we're actually seeking it out for soul reasons rather than than necessarily the nutritious reasons because there's not a huge amount of nutrition in normal bread as you know so it's, I think there's there's bigger stuff going on. There's reasons we reach for bread that it's it, there is convenience for sure. But I think part of us, part of our soul, yearns for that bread. Yeah, and people do not want to give it up. So it's really it's really great that you know you've got your recipes available to us, and we'll pop both of the recipe notes in recipes in the show notes for people to be able to access. So that's really cool. So Emma, I want to call you a different name because I know you quite well, but I must call you Emma. Like, who's Emma? <laughs> call me nice names. Don't call me any mean names. <laughs> mean names. <laughs> no, they're both loving names. So you, I know. <laughs> I love you lots. So you're a medical intuitive. Yes. So shall we start by, can you tell us what that is and how did you become one? Okay. That's quite a story. I uh, So a medical intuitive can read the anatomy and physiology and the energy of another person and uh, guide them to make the right changes to uh, get to the bottom of why their health is doing what it's doing, how things are presenting and symptoms in their body are presenting and getting to that deeper meaning uh, behind health issues and, and the health crisis, uh, as well as, as as bringing out that um, the energetic meaning. So energetic being the emotional, psychological stuff that goes on that actually does create imbalance and illness in the body. So that's that's what I work. I work one-on-one with clients um, and doing that for other people. Uh, and it, it was quite a journey getting here. I didn't uh, start out uh, doing this sort of work. I, uh, it took me a long time to come out of my spiritual closet. I uh, was a, oh, I still am a physiotherapist, a nutritionist, so a very conventional uh, background in, as a health professional. Been doing that for two decades odd now, almost two decades, um, and. Uh, I realized that I was, I went through my own health journey, um, which was quite long and extensive and had to, that's how I found nutrition and and went down that path. So I added that having been a a physiotherapist for a long time. Um, And I realized when I was working one-on-one with clients as a physio nutritionist that I was accessing other information that I had no way of explaining. And I realized that because I went through some physical issues myself because of what I was experiencing, it started to affect me physically. And I got to the point where I had to actually change what I was doing. Uh, I needed to really dive into this side of, of my work because when I wasn't expressing to a client what they needed to hear, I was suffering physically from the symptoms that they were uh, having. So I had to go into a whole self-exploration and and realize, uh, you know, exactly how I could use this for the good of mankind, really, as a superpower as opposed to a super crippling, which is what it was. It was very, um, it it was ruling my life in a very bad way for a long time. So uh, it meant that I had to go into exploring that side of myself, my intuitive nature and that connection. Um, that I had um, very strongly so and and that's been wonderful ever since so it's been you know a couple of years now of working or several years now of working as a medical intuitive solely and not trying to sneak it in which is what I did for a long time as well so I came completely out of the spiritual closet and no longer sneak it in and it's what I do it's it's who I am it's what I do and since then my health has been so much happier my body has been very very grateful that I'm walking on my path so and I've been able to serve 
hundreds and hundreds of people in this way, which is a wonderful experience. So take us back to, you said that you've, you've been on your own health journey. Can you tell us a little bit more about how that, that was for you? Yeah, sure. So I was, um, I remember when I, uh, I woke up, I was, I was 38. Uh, I mean, I was 28. It was, it was further ago than that. Uh, I was 28 and I woke up on my 29th birthday and I remember just crying. I didn't want to get out of bed because I was in pain. I had constant joint pain. I had constant headaches. I was obese. I um, had, I was, I was depressed. I had a chronic lung condition. I had chronic skin conditions. I had um, all kinds of issues, including um, I'd been diagnosed with things like irritable bowel syndrome, all sorts of stuff that were real diagnoses. I'd been given fistfuls of medication by the doctor, told I'd need to take them for the rest of my life. I would always have these chronic conditions. And I was miserable. And I was a mother of two small children. And I, I just, it was it. I was like, well, I feel a hundred I don't want to get out of bed. And it was my birthday. And I went, something's wrong. I'm a health professional. Why do I not have the answers for my own body? I should know what's wrong with me. And so I started, I, I realized something wasn't right because a 29-year-old shouldn't feel that way. I shouldn't feel 100 and not want to get out of bed. And so I went through this journey of, of, of excavating my own health. Um, and as I said, I went through the nutrition journey, which many of your listeners and viewers will have gone through themselves. And as you excavate your own nutritional and dietary needs, so much other stuff starts to come in. And that's something that I'm very big on in that as we start to make these changes for the better, whether it's lifestyle, whether it's diet, whatever it is around us, whether it's relationships, when we start to excavate and clean things up, everything starts to change and, and you start to become Higher vibration is the way we describe it in, in the spiritual circles, but we start to uh, really line up with why we're here and that everything starts coming flooding at us and their life just starts to get better. Everything gets better. And it's not just because we're starting to feel well. There's so much more going on than that. It's a much deeper journey. And so through that process, I, I studied nutrition and um, and then I, I went along through the, the intuitive training as well. But it was such a, a journey of health that I got to the point many years ago now that I no longer have any of the diagnoses. I don't have the arthritis I had. I don't have the irritable bowel syndrome. The things that I should have had forever, I don't have. I no longer take any medication and I haven't done for years. And I look younger now at 41 than I did at 29, which is the thing that just amazes me. Um, and I feel younger. That's that's the thing that I think I think everybody should have access to that. Everybody should have access to be able to... to go through and figure out why these health things are here, why these health crises and issues are, are here instead of covering them up with medication and just living with them and accepting them as normal. Mm. Uh, if we can get to the bottom of them and, and, and heal through that process, then, then we should. By all means, everyone should feel this good. Absolutely agree. But, you know, being, I mean, looking at you now, it's hard to believe that you had any of those conditions I mean you know obesity and skin conditions and you know like you're one of the most healthiest energetic amazing looking women on that I know on this planet and it, 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 I can, thank you I can barely imagine uh, Emma uh, who is 29 lying in bed and not and crying and not wanting you know feeling 100 so what did you do like what did you change what did your um when you had all of those chronic health conditions what what did your life look like then in terms of what you were eating and how you what your lifestyle was compared to what you did to flip it around? Because that's pretty freaking amazing what you've done. It's huge. It's huge. And the thing is, it's it's sustained. It's been several years, years mm. now of feeling good and not having all of these diagnoses. So, and I think that's the thing because we can often get to the point where we go, oh, it's gone. Oh, it's back. Mm. You know, and I think that's that's the key to be able to get rid of it and keep it gone, including the weight, not had to struggle with that ever again. Um, and so, yeah, it's a very good question. The first thing I did was to go through my diet. The first thing I did was to change things. And of course, I had very much a standard Australian diet and I tried all of the weight loss diets because my weight was obviously the thing I thought I was most depressed about despite all of the issues that I had otherwise and not need, you know needing to hang around bathrooms a lot when I went out and you know that sort of stuff it was still it was not the it was my weight that I was really concerned about at the time and as most young mothers were um, but 
so I tried, you know, the CSIRO, the Dr. Phil. I tried all of the stuff that was out the French women don't get fat diet. <laughs> I did everything. Um, and I was occasionally losing a little bit of weight and then I put it all back on again with friends. Mm. Um and then I, I realized that um, something else was going on because I, I'm somebody, um, it was a, a naturopath that I saw who was a very, very intuitive naturopath. She was fantastic and very scientific too, which meant a lot for me with my science background. She said, have you thought about maybe your food might be related to your symptoms? I was like, but my doctor never said that. I don't. Uh, would that be a thing? Is that even a thing? <laughs> Can food cause symptoms? <laughs> and, um, and so from that point, I was like, oh, this is new. I went down a whole other path. And so I, I did an elimination protocol and I figured out which foods I was sensitive to. And I pulled those foods out of my diet. Things started getting dramatically better very, very quickly. And then I started to realize how to tune into my own body and how to actually listen and, and know what my body needed um, and, and get to know myself because obviously we eat, you know, loads of pasta and bread and stop in at McDonald's and we go out for, you know, KFC and fried foods and we think we're eating healthy because we're having lots of fruit and vegetables. But that with all of the foods that don't serve us doesn't make us well. And for me in particular, we each have our own specific diet that we need. We can't follow the diet um, ethos that's put out by others because we're each unique. So we need to find what works for us. And there may be similarities with other diets, but ours will be very unique for us and it's what our body needs. So once we know ourselves very well, we get to know what, what serves us and what is like a poison to our system. And so I, I found out my poisons and I found out the things that make me thrive. And so I... I have no issues removing the things that make me unwell from my diet because of that. So there are certain foods I don't eat, um, but I don't see that as a, as any kind of a punishment or any kind of a state of lack. I see that as absolute joy because I've given it's given me back my health. It's given me back everything. So when you say when you find out, you know, when you listen to our body and we become intuitive and we um, work out what's serving us and what's not, how do you do that? Like it sounds great, but how? what, what do you look for? Is it like a feeling or can you give us some um, advice on how we would tune in a little bit more to those sorts of things? Absolutely. And so the easiest way to start the process is by cleaning up the diet because that actually decreases the background noise in our body. So we can start to hear what's going on in there. So, I, and I, I do call that turning down the background noise because that's what it's like. Inflammation in our system is just like white noise that's constantly going. And so when we're trying to listen into our intuitive guidance that's in our body and our body is is constantly bringing us guidance, it's constantly supporting us and constantly bringing through messages that will guide every single part of our life to be better all the time. And unless we can hear it, unless we can tune into those messages coming through, then we get no benefit from our own intuitive compass. We're not even connected to it, let alone knowing it exists. So when we turn down that background noise by decreasing those inflammatory foods in our diet, then we start to hear our inner voice a lot clearer. We start to know that guidance. And when we have a symptom, we can relate that more to our external circumstances, what else is going on at the same time. We usually look for particularly those of us in, the, in, in health will usually look for diet and lifestyle issues, but we won't necessarily be looking at relationships or jobs or limiting beliefs that we might hold. And so that's, that's more often where I end up working because they're the things that actually do create uh, cellular changes in our body. They, they change our physiology to the point that illness develops. And so we can start to tune into that stuff by starting to um, decrease that background noise, but also learning to meditate was a very powerful um, change in my life as well. Learning how to sit in stillness and silence and actually listen to what's going on in my body to become aware if I have back pain, to be aware that there's actually pain in my back and that it's telling me to stop doing what I'm doing and to I really sort of have a think about why that may have appeared. What else is going on in my life? Am I at that point where I'm having, say, um, stress about finances or is it uh, is there something else going on? Or maybe I've had um, an interesting conversation with somebody else or you know, something that might have upset me um, and, and really start to excavate the reasons 
that are a little outside the box as to why that symptom may have appeared because sometimes it's as simple as addressing that outside external thing or that internal belief around an external situation and the symptom has gone. So whatever physiological reason we may put as a justification for a symptom arriving, when we deal with the psychological stuff, the symptom will go away. doesn't mean it wasn't real. It's just as real. It's just that it's not as simple as we think. We are not purely physical beings. And so we can actually really change our experience in our day-to-day life by learning to listen to the messages coming through and being open to the opportunity that, that, that it may not be as simple as we thought. It may be something else that's going on that we have control over. We can choose something different in our lives and it will have a different result. Wow. It's so much, it's, it's, it's almost like a little bit hard for me to get my head around a little bit, but can you um, expand a little bit when you said we're not mm. just physical beings? Like if we're not just physical beings, what else are we? Well, we are at, well at a very, very microscopic level where the um, we're vibrating particles, and that those particles aren't really particles unless you're looking at them. So in the, when we get down to the quantum physics level, we're actually um, fields. So we're fields of electromagnetic energy, and these fields are vibrating at various frequencies. And so these fields are our little tiny, tiny, tiny. Um, subatomic particles inside bigger fields that sit inside bigger fields that sit inside bigger fields and we end up being this beautiful constructed creature that is so much bigger than our physical body we have a lot more influence in our surroundings than um I don't know if I'm explaining this very well, but we have a lot more influence in our surroundings because we have this energetic field outside of our body that our physical body is not where it finishes. This is simply the densest part of our whole being. And our whole being is simply the the least dense part of this physical body. So we are um, much bigger than we think we are. Our energetic body expands right out into the room around us. And we can often have an experience of that when we walk into a room with other people. We'll feel what the the, um, energy is like in the room when we walk in. We'll know if everyone's having a fight with each other and is silent because they've been fighting. Or we'll know if they're silent because they've just finished laughing. We will feel that as we walk in because that energetic shift is different in the room. So that's that's an example of, of what I mean there. And so that energetic body is created by our psychology, by our emotions, by our relationships, by our interactions and our beliefs. That's what creates that whole energetic body around us. And this part of us is still energetic. It's just the densest part, this physical body. And so we can't just treat this physical body. We have to look at the whole being in terms of when it comes to medicine, when it comes to health, when it comes to lifestyle, our whole being is what needs to be approached. It's um, it's a much bigger, uh, big picture than perhaps what is being approached in, in most health circles today. Yeah, and I think we can all relate to that, you know, when we've walked into a room and, and you know, we've got bad vibes or, or, or on the days, like I know the days when I've been feeling a little bit, you know, quiet and flat let's say compared to you know like energetic and out there it's almost like everywhere you go people treat you like that even though they don't know what mood you're in it then that must be I guess from that energetic body right that they're picking up on your vibe and and it's funny isn't it because when you're high vibing everyone seems to treat you so much nicer everything goes your way you know like people in the coffee shop people smile at you in the street whereas when you're in a bit of a funk everyone's an asshole and so that must just they're everywhere maybe it's me hmm. so this is, this is all so 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 interesting but from like a practical level what can we do hmm to um, nurture, I guess, our physical body and our energetic body so that we are more, like you say, uh, aligned with like more high vibing? What can we do? Mm. Well, high vibing is all those beautiful feeling states. So we're talking love, we're talking joy, we're talking bliss, we're talking fun and playfulness and compassion for other humans. We're talking that feeling of connection with others. And so 
that's that these are the highest vibrations that we can hold as as individuals and what we want to do is as many things as we can that make us feel that good every day and that feeling state isn't just something that we can access from doing things that make us feel good and doing you know craft or art or sports or exercise or eating the foods that make us feel good but it's also a, an internal feeling state that we can access through um, specific kinds of meditation like heart coherence where we um, close our eyes deepen our breath and allow ourselves to remember something that makes us feel that way that makes us feel really good that makes us feel tune into the feelings of love and joy and and bliss and allow that feeling state to fill our whole body so that our cells are feeling the love they are actually vibrating higher they're vibrating with that feeling state of love and so that can be a really good way to access meditation for those who haven't tried meditation before or who have the idea that meditation is hard or it's all about stilling the mind or it takes hours it's not hard i strongly recommend everyone get into that it can take one minute. It can take one breath. We can have very tiny micro meditations throughout the day, uh, but it is very much about becoming aware of our thoughts, becoming aware of our patterns and changing our internal dialogue and our internal feeling state to be able to support our body, support our energy, support our health and stay connected with who we are because it's so easy in this, this world of social media and so much information coming at us constantly Constantly, it's so easy to be disconnected with who we are. We're disconnected enough with our own families and friends, let alone with ourselves and who we really are, because we're so busy often trying to post, uh, you know, happy snaps of us with our kids that we aren't actually present with our children in the moment that we're taking those photos. And it's it's quite an interesting thing that's that's happening now. So that's one practical step. Meditation is is one of my biggest recommendations. And another one is to start to look at health issues. To start to look at symptoms in the body as messengers as opposed to uh, a, a burden that has come you know to to uh, you know uh, whatever it is bite you in the butt um for want of a better way of putting it it may be actually being bitten in the butt but the symptom that you're looking at is actually a messenger no matter how you got it even if it's falling down the stairs and breaking your toe there is a reason it's your toe and not somewhere else in your body. There's a reason it's a broken bone and not a sprained ankle. There's reasons for these things. So these are all messengers for our intuitive guidance. So we're able to take this information, sit with it, perhaps in meditation, and decipher what these meanings are, what we can do from that point. What, what, what is our attention being drawn to? by the universe, by God, by our own highest self, by our own inner strength, whatever it is that, that you refer to as that, you know, connected power, that that connection to all that there is. <clears throat> but that that ability to to connect into that using your own physical body is is something we each have access to and it's free. So when we sit in silence, we can start to listen into the symptoms coming through. But unless we see them as messengers, we discard them or we take paracetamol to dull them down or we'll take cough medicine to stop the coughing or, you know, we do things to, to numb out our symptoms. But when we listen to that message coming through, we have the ability to take action. And when we take action on that message, everything changes from that point. And often the symptom no longer needs to be there once we've taken that action. And it may be something that seems unrelated. And it may be simple action like realizing a thought pattern that you have that's not serving you. And as soon as you bring your awareness to that thought pattern, things start to change physiologically in your body because you've already brought your awareness there, you're able to stop yourself from continuing that thought pattern. Um, and for instance, I did actually fall down the stairs and break my toe. That's an example from me, not one of my clients. <laughs> um, and uh, and it was the interesting message in that for you? That's a good question because I do have a habit of breaking my toes. Um, <clears throat> and it's, it, yeah, fractures. It's always my little toes, both feet. But it's interesting. This one was very different though. And this one was interesting because I fell down the stairs. At about, I think it was about five o'clock in the morning. I was heading downstairs to get incense because I'd run out of incense upstairs and I was putting off meditating. I'd been doing it for a long time. I hadn't been doing my usual daily practice. And I'm normally pretty good with my daily practices. And um, I fell down our tiled stairs, landed in a heap at the bottom. 
amazingly didn't hit my head, amazingly didn't break anything else. And I tumbled like I really (laughs) somehow I only broke my little toe. And I sat at the bottom of the stairs trying to make no noise because all my kids were still asleep. And I sat there going, okay, this is interesting. What's what does this mean? And I sat there trying not to judge, not to swear, not to shout, not to go, oh, my God, I can't deal with a broken toe right now. I'm not going to be able to wear a shoe or go walk. I tried not to do any of that and just sat there going, okay, well, I know that my bones for me mean very much, they're very much about structure. They're very much about strength. They're very much about um, bringing structure into our lives and providing us with the structure that gives us strength because they're our bones. That's what they do. And... Um, I knew straight away in that moment and that was just because of the way I know my body and the way I tune in that that my I, I had been creating false structure. I thought I needed to uh, I needed to have incense in order to meditate. I needed to only meditate at 5 a.m. I couldn't do it any other time. Needed to be at 5 a.m. Needed to be for half an hour. If I didn't do that, then it wasn't meditation. I had all of this false structure around my daily practices and it was preventing me from nurturing and nourishing myself in that way, which for me is very important. And so I realized at that, in that moment straight away, and the pain rapidly decreased because I realized, and yes, it was broken, it was black, and it was a funny shape, but that's okay <laughs> because it healed very, very quickly. But it was a constant reminder in that time, that pain was a constant reminder that I needed to remember to meditate for my own well-being. I needed to tune into myself and allow myself that space and create it wherever I was. I didn't need to be without children. I didn't need to be, didn't need to be 5 a.m. I didn't need to have incense. And so I, I took all of that away and it made such a difference. And I haven't, haven't had that issue since. It's been very interesting. Um, and it's so easy. We often get into that pattern of thinking that we need certain circumstances in order to support ourselves. Like our children can't be at home if we're going to be able to run our business or uh, we can only eat healthy food um, during the day when our family's not home. We can't eat it for dinner when they're home. You know, we create this false structure around what we can and can't do and it doesn't serve us. So like that, that's really interesting. And I'm wondering, is there some kind of like universal translation book as to, you know, like what certain illnesses represent or what certain messages, um, you know, symptoms in the body represent? Because, um, you know, I think if I'd fallen down the stairs, down tiled floors and broke my toe, I just think clumsy bitch, um, you know, like what an idiot. <laughs> silly me how inconvenient I would not sit and think what what what's the message you know and I think like the majority of people listening to this will will probably feel the same so like how do you like is there a book like we can get that says right bones equal this and or or is it is it just a case of using any symptom as an opportunity to uh, like you say sit in sit in quietness and meditate and, and go within and is it deeply personal like that or is it is there like a universal translation book that lets us know what's going on? Well, that's actually a really excellent question because there are a lot of books that translate it. But to be honest, most of them don't cut it. They they are very much about the writer. They're not very much about the reader. And they dictate to you what your body means. And I have a very different belief to that. I believe very much that each of us is quite unique, um, not just in our own health needs, but also in our own intuitive guidance and what that means for us. Um, and certainly with my experience with my clients, that is the case. Something for them that if it had happened to me, I would have known instantly that it was a different meaning to what it is for them. For them, it's quite different to what it would be bringing through for me in terms of a message. So there, and it's funny you should mention it because I am actually writing a book on how to be your own medical intuitive because it is something I think we should all have been taught as children. We should all know how to tune into our body and use it for intuitive guidance. We should also be able to tune into our body and know when we eat a food that doesn't serve us. We should be able to tune into our body and know when a certain exercise is doing us harm or when it's actually doing us the world of good. We should be able to figure that stuff out for ourselves because we are our own best healthcare provider. We're our own best medical practitioner. We're the ones who know ourselves best and we know when perhaps the medication is doing us more harm than it is good. And yet often people will still take the medication and say, but that stupid doctor gave it to me. And I have so much respect for doctors. People hand over 
their whole responsibility to medical um, staff. They, they hand over their life to a doctor and, and then get upset if things don't go the way they think they should. But we each have responsibility for our own health. And I know every doctor I know would, would say that that's absolutely true. Um, we, we should be taking our own responsibility for our health in that way. We should be saying, making these decisions for ourselves as to what serves us and what doesn't. And so, yeah, I absolutely think that it's something that we each need to learn how to tune into our own bodies. Um, and, uh, yes, there are lots of books. And, you know, I love the work of Carolyn Mace, but she's she's less anatomical because she hasn't come at it from that um, that that medical background she's had to learn that stuff as she's gone um and the but her a lot of her teachings come from very ancient practices very ancient traditions and so there's a lot of ancient wisdom um that she brings through but i think that still is only a framework we are the ones who can really tune into what that means to us in our physical body and what it means to us when certain symptoms say keep recurring if the same thing keeps happening or coming back, and back pain's a good one, or headaches, when migraines come on, yes, sometimes it's related to diet, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's related to other things in our lives. And until we start to look at those other things and not just think, I'm a sufferer of migraines, I have a diagnosis of migraines, therefore they're going to keep coming back for no reason. There's always a reason. There's always a reason. And it's just being open enough to keep digging until you find that reason for you and it's quite unique for each person and how do you know if you're right you know you might think you know like i i sort of uh let's say one of my symptoms like i normally get chronic neck pain you know and like just stiffness in my neck mm. Some, sometimes and then sometimes not and then sometimes i do and then sometimes not and whereas like when i've looked in like uh, i've got um the Secret Language of Your Body by Ina Sigal, which I used quite a lot when I was meditating. Mm -hmm. I like that one. That seems to sort of be correct. And that's all about um, being um, not being flexible, you know, being very like single-minded mm -hmm. and, and, and sort of a control thing. But and sometimes that seems like it's right. And then other days I think, well, no, it's not that. So how do you know, like when you've got the right, like you know, you've got the right message from your body? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's tricky. It is tricky. And often the first time you might not get the right message. But when pain keeps recurring, that's usually the best way because if you and, and particularly if you keep a journal at all, but if pain keeps recurring, start to take notice of the other circumstances in your life at the time that that pain arrives. So start to take notice of what's happening in your head at that time. So your thoughts, your beliefs, things you might be telling yourself, people you might be judging, um, issues that you might be having with certain other people in your life, um, partner, boss, uh, mum and dad, siblings, children, starting to notice when those things are recurring uh, and pick up any patterns that are happening between the pain and the physical symptoms and the life stuff that's happening. And so, yes, it's good to know that the issues, and, and yet the spine is very flexible, and in particular the neck is more flexible than any other aspect of the spine. So flexibility does make sense. And for me it's very functional. The the, the way we can go through the definitions of the body and the way the body um, is bringing through messages and meaning is very much about the function of those body parts, the, the anatomy itself. Um, but the thing is with with our neck, um, you know, there's a lot of other things that can be going on there as well. So if you start looking at different books, each of them will tell you something different. So for you, the best thing to do is to become your own scientist and start to track, start to follow the patterns, start to look for the recurring things, whatever it is that happened that week before the neck pain started or the night before the neck pain started, because often you wake up with it. Um, and so that's, or, that, or you might find that it's towards the end of a day. So what happened earlier in that day? What happened the day before that? What was the lead up? How does that, how is that similar? And how is it different to the last time? And it may not be as simple as the pillow you slept on and the activities you did, because we often think, oh, did I do gardening? Oh, what did I do? Oh, I'm not really sure. You know, you start to go back through your activities, but it's not that simple. Did you have a nasty phone call with one of your parents that day? Did you have um, an odd interaction with somebody at school drop-off? Did you, uh, have you been feeling particularly down about yourself that day? What, what else is happening in your thoughts and in your your feeling about the world because that's often more the key um, and so that will give you more of an idea once you start to track that yourself and ask yourself those questions of what else what else am I experiencing what is this neck pain giving me 
that I'm not giving myself otherwise? What's the gift in this? Am I stopping doing certain parts of my job? Is that what this neck pain does for me? Does it stop me from going into doing certain things that that I find irritate the neck pain so I don't do them? Or does it stop me from sleeping next to my partner? Does it stop me from um, driving as much or doing certain exercise? Do I do I take do I do less yoga or you know that sort of stuff? So what else do I change to accommodate the neck pain? Because often that is the key as well. That if we make those changes in advance, there's no need for the pain to arrive to remind us to make those changes. And it's the same with the common cold. If, as soon as the common cold comes, we finally do take a day off work. When we're sick enough, we stop and we actually go, you know what, I'm going to bed. <laughs> I've been tired for months and I've been run ragged for months and I've been giving to the whole world for months and months and months, everybody but me. Now I'm sick. I'm finally going to take a day off, stay in bed, keep warm, watch Netflix and and have soup all day. Just, you know, look after me <laughs> for one. Great. But, you know, if we gave ourselves a gift of that day, two weeks before we wouldn't have been sick. We wouldn't have got that cold because we wouldn't have needed to have had that stop us in our tracks. So your role as a medical intuitive with clients coming to you, are you, you know, like I've been talking a little bit about the translator, are you like the translator? So people will come to you and say, I'm feeling like this. Tell us a little bit about how your role works with your clients and, and what sort of things do your clients come to you with? A wide variety of things, actually. And some people come to me with no health problems, and that's wonderful too because if they've got things in their life that aren't quite working the way they want them to, it's always easier to get in and, and change things with them before the symptoms and physical illness have to start. So, because these life things do lead to the physical illness. So, there's, there is a link there. So, if we can get in early, then we don't need to present with illness to be able to make those changes. But I um, see clients all over the world because I work online like this with video. Um, and I um, see clients with a whole range of things. I've had clients come to see me with um, anxiety, depression. Um, aches and pains, thyroid problems, digestive problems, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, um, uh, fibromyalgia, uh, all kinds of things, and, and even as serious as cancer and some life-threatening diagnoses as well. So uh, I've had a whole range of clients, and sometimes people will come and see me for one really powerful life-changing session, and other times they will come for a series of sessions over six months to be able to support them to get their lives back on track, to get their health back on track. And uh, so when I work with clients, um, we're working online, but that doesn't change anything about how powerful the interaction is. It's just as powerful as working in person. And in some ways, it's more powerful, which is I've always found that very interesting. Uh, we're very lucky that we live in this age of the internet, that we can do this this type of work from anywhere in the world. And so I, yes, I am very much the body translator. So for a person, and that's, that's how I work generally, is that I will... Um, guide a person into the space where we can do the work, which is generally just a very gentle meditation to get us both in the right space. And then I uh, will, will go in intuitively and, and tell them what's coming through very strongly from their body. Um, and I work uh, in a different way to some people. I'm predominantly clairsentient and clairvoyant. So I feel physically in my body what's happening in another person's, not just the symptoms, but the energy behind it. So I feel very much if there is, um, if there's pain or grief or hurt or if there's anger or frustration, I feel all of that coming through the body as well. I also feel when the nervous system is overrun or when certain glands are struggling and I feel the, all of that stuff I can translate through. So I can generally get to a lot of the uh, bigger reasons why there are health issues for a person. So, and often people will come to me with a range of things going on. Sometimes they seem quite minor by themselves in isolation, but when you've got 20 minor things going on and your health is this really messy picture and no one can give you any answers, they're often the clients that come to me as well because they want to have those answers. They want to know what this bigger picture is. What does it all mean? What's causing all of this stuff? And and I can, I can offer that to a client because I look at that bigger picture for them. But I very powerfully help them to see their own soul as well, to see their own meaning, their own reason for being here and line up with that, that 
sole purpose, that the reason that they're here, their their true nature, and uh, that's very powerful as well because many of us are very disconnected from our souls. We are, and I think that's what it really all comes down to, isn't it? Is is the connection, um, and when you're feeling connected, in you know connected to nature, connected to your soul, connected to you know the community, you know in every single way, um, is all of that connection, and I think that that's really you know um one of the ill ills of our society is that is that disconnection and in, in yes. this is a way to to um enhance that connection which is exactly the kind of uh, work that i that i want to do as well and um to, to bring that connection around with food and i love that one of the things you said about you know cleaning up um cleaning up how people eat gets rid of all of that distortion and it was exactly the same uh, for me, I couldn't, I couldn't hear my inner guide at all because of all of the pain, the brain fog, the exhaustion, the fatigue. And then when that went, like I didn't, you know, um, change my diet to become a um, food franchisor. Like that wasn't, a, that wasn't the plan, you know, <laughs> just, just change my diet to stop feeling sick. And then before you know it, you know, it, the whole world is just kind of like, ah. And then you, you're given this, <laughs> yeah, like this is what I'm here to do. This is what I've got to do next. I'm not sure what I'm going to do next, but I trust that my path will be, you know, lit for me along the way. So, which I just find it's just so fascinating to, to bring it all back to, back to food and really sort of taking it full circle, Emma, from where we um, started our conversation. And just to wrap up with, I'd really like to get an idea of what do you eat now? Like, because I know you told us weight loss, you know, and managing your weight is just not an issue for you anymore. And I know that a lot of my listeners will be like, what does she do? So you've got to tell, <laughs> you've got to tell us what, what does your diet look like now? That's a very good question. So I eat loads of fruit and veg. Um, I'm a, a huge fan of veggies. And to be honest, whenever I go away, I always come home. The first thing I want is a giant bowl of steamed veggies with heaps of butter and salt and pepper. <laughs> so just really plain. But that's not what I eat normally. I do eat lots of veg. I don't just eat that. Um, I do eat some meat um, and usually you know, grass-fed, free-range. I try and get the best, best quality um, that I can. And there are times when I will uh, not eat meat uh, for various reasons. My body just tells me whether I need it or not at the time. So there will be times when I am, I, I would normally say vegetarian, but I don't eat eggs and I don't really eat much dairy. So that makes me more vegan, which is a bit um, harder to do when you're gluten-free. Anybody out there who's a gluten-free vegan, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> but, so it's, I've, hats off to you. It's very hard to maintain that way of eating because it's almost impossible to find food when you're out. So I don't eat grains apart from a little bit of rice and some quinoa. I, um, I eat lots of fruit and veg. So I eat my sweet potatoes and um, a little bit of meat. I don't eat eggs because they don't serve me and I don't eat gluten at all, like not even a a tiny amount because it doesn't serve me. I get very unwell for a few weeks if I eat any. So, um, but other than that, and I don't eat much dairy. Um, so a little bit of cheese here and there because cheese is, is, is cheese yeah. Here and there. Yeah. Cheese is hard to cheese. resist. <laughs> cheese. And I, I tend to, um, so I don't, I don't drink coffee. Um, I do have the odd decaf, really, really high quality, beautiful beans. Um, but that's only because coffee doesn't serve me. It does have a lot of health benefits for some people, but for me, it aggravates my nervous system. So it's better for me to not, not be bouncing off the walls more than I already am. <laughs> I'm with you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and it's such a difference, you know, because I, I, I love the coffee ritual. Um, and I, and, and, you know, and I think because I felt like I'd given up so much in my diet, I was like, I'm not giving up my coffee. And then, you know, and then I just realized that actually, if you get in a beautiful, and we were getting, it was beautiful organic <clears throat> beans that we ground ourselves with my homemade cashew milk. It was like the, the most high quality coffee you could get. <laughs> but it was just that shot of, um, yeah, I just did not need that extra cortisol in the morning, you know, like I'm energetic, mm. I'm a morning person, I'm out of bed, I'm like, zing, let's go. And I just, yeah, that, that I did not need it. And I just really enjoy my decaf. So, so I still get that same ritual, but there's none of that nervous system fryingness going on which is which is great so what do you think about alcohol yeah. do you drink wine um on occasion yes uh at the moment no um but that's not because i don't think that wine has its benefits uh it just wasn't serving me um so i'm having a break but uh red wine in particular is is as everybody knows very widely uh 
uh, research with the um, resveratrol and the, the antioxidants, and it's very, very good for us. And, and all of the, the blue zones, the majority of them drink red wine, the people who live very, very long lives, the blue, the blue zones in the world. And uh, alcohol is in moderation is generally a, a part of, of their diet. So up until fairly recently, I was having um, red wine, um, probably a couple of nights a week, but only small amounts. Um, so keeping it to that, the point, the problem with um, alcohol is that it, it is quite uh, vibration lowering. Um, so it's a, it's a balancing act. So if we have too much, we don't ever realize that we're actually numbing ourselves down. Um, we have it too frequently. It, it, we never get to the point where we feel really good. We, we're constantly coming off the wine and trying to build back up and then we need the wine to recover. Um, so, and I found I was in that cycle as well for a while um, years ago. So it's quite a, a, an interesting thing to realize the vibration and having the break has been really educational for me. So it's quite, it's quite interesting. So no, not at the moment, but I, it has its benefits. Um, and what about chocolate? Sorry. And what about oh, chocolate. Chocolate's one. Chocolate's wonderful. <laughs> um, and it's, chocolate's a hard one because we can get very addicted to chocolate. Uh, and for me, chocolate's often a sign when I'm really craving and craving and craving. It's a sign that I've forgotten to take my supplements again because I do deplete in magnesium. So I find I need to – it's just the way my body obviously works. Mm. I obviously need to maintain a magnesium <laughs> supplements. Otherwise, I do start eating you know, entire blocks of really good quality 90% chocolate. But So I like the, the 70 to 90% good stuff. Um, and it doesn't have the dairy in it, which is wonderful. The, the really good stuff doesn't. And it doesn't have as much sugar because it doesn't need it. It's it, it's almost all chocolate. Mm. So, 90% good um, stuff and only 10% crap, which is which is fine. Yeah, I'm happy with that. <laughs> full of antioxidants yeah. and, and cacao butter is quite good for us as well. Uh, so it's quite high vibration. It's quite a lovely, especially the very natural types of chocolate as well. If it's not too processed, it can be very, very good for us. Um, but again, it's one of those things. It entirely depends on your body. Some people chocolate doesn't serve at all. And chocolate does have a fair bit of caffeine in it. So if caffeine is the thing that's triggering your cortisol and your um, your uh, um, nervous system and then then chocolate is something still to consider because often people will have lots of chocolate instead of coffee yes or lots of tea instead of coffee and tea has almost the same amount of caffeine so it can be quite a quite a thing um, when we start looking at the little component parts of food and really taking them down to to, to what they're doing to our body on that deeper level now you've already you've mentioned briefly um, that you're writing a book Yes. What's that about? Uh, so it's teaching people how to tune into their own bodies and how to start to read the information coming through and what to do with it, I guess, as well, to what, what, to, what steps to take and tools to use to help clear these things. So it's all well and good realising that we are um, – you know, perhaps looking at that limiting beliefs that, that are, are keeping us stuck. So we may have a feeling of unworthiness and that's that's perpetuating a certain physical issue in our body or symptom or disease process that we have going on. But how do we deal with that? And so it's it's teaching us how to tune into our body to figure out what the messages are, but also to um, yeah, some tools to, to help to clear those things and, and to live a, a wonderful, full, happy and ageless life. Sounds fantastic. I'm hoping I'm going to be getting a signed copy, hopefully hand-delivered <laughs> when it's ready. Just, I, I can stop by for some coffee. That's fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can, <laughs> do you have a, a launch date in mind for your book or is it sometime later this year, next year? I will probably be the beginning of next year. Um, that's that's where I'm looking at at the moment. I'd love to have it done earlier, but I will see how I go. This year is flying by. It is there already. <laughs> Holy moly! And and the book, like it's a big, it's a big, it's like a, it's like giving birth to a baby, isn't it? It's like your whole head has to come out onto the paper. So yeah, don't rush it. Get it, get it, get it how you want it. And and I'm sure that you know, it'll be here in no time, and we'll all be rushing to buy and read it because I think that um, this is like the next level um, of becoming an expert in your own self taking that n equals one to the next to the next stage and really listening and tuning in and getting rid of all of that distortion and finding out what's actually 
what's going on so we can strengthen that connection. So it's, it's incredible. Absolutely. Emma, if, if people want to work with you one-on-one, how can they find you? Uh, they can find me on my website at au, uh, and they can also find me on Facebook, Emma Turton Health, and I have a Facebook page there where I come, pop in and do live readings each week and live videos and um, provide lots of uh, free information and tools and uh, um, all sorts of things for people, discussion topics, and it's, it's quite uh, a lively page. So I'd love people to come and find me there or to check out my website and they can stalk me for a while and feel free to sign up and they can uh, read my blogs and things like that as well. There's lots of free recipes there. Anytime I finally get through a recipe trial process, um, and hats off to you, recipe trials are a nightmare. <laughs> So it's like such a lot of work to get a recipe from, oh, that's pretty good. I could probably put that out to the world to, well, actually getting it to be out to the world because it's worth putting out to the world now. So it takes a lot of effort. So well done because I love, 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 love your fruit toast. Absolutely <laughs> love it. It's in, my, it's in my freezer right now. Oh, upstairs, good. So. good. Good, good, good. <laughs> yes. No, they do. They, they, that one, uh, the fruit toast started off, it was about uh, two centimetres high the first the first few back like for about six months it was that and then I was like oh this isn't good we need to kind of make it make it like a proper size loaf of bread you know but it does you're right these things do take a long time and um yeah and even if you do have amazing recipes it's another thing to turn it into a business or a cookbook you know so wow it really is yeah so, hats off to <laughs> yeah, all the really recipe is. book people out there yeah for sure so Emma, yeah. Emma Turton Health that's how we can find you on Facebook yes awesome awesome yes. well thank you so much i'm on much. instagram as well and on instagram Emma thank you. Health as well yeah so cool yep. hanging out with you today um and you've given us some really you've really helped us get an idea of 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 what it is that that we can do to become more of an expert in ourselves, which is i think what everyone listening to this podcast is is striving to achieve so thank you so much for your time emma it's been really cool Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been a real honour. Thank you. This year, the Wellness Summit returns. What is the ramifications for you if you continue to not know where your food is coming from and not make a hard stand about what you're consuming? Back in 1992, I didn't know how to cook. In fact, I ate really poorly, as many of you know. But I now love it so much that when I go to prepare something, it becomes magical. Don't want you to be stuck in the the crap that's happening. Know it, yes. Be aware of it, yes. But bring your vibration up so that we can vibrate at a higher level and collectively, we might be able to bring everybody up to make those changes. I love preparing it. I know that everyone who's eating it absolutely loves it. Even the bits that they don't want to eat, they love eating them because I love making them. Does that make sense? Cindy O'Meara and Damien Christoph feature at the 2018 Wellness Summit. Bigger and better than ever. Tickets on sale Friday, May 4 at thewellnesssummit.com. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.